Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're talking Tigers football with Keith DeArmond of PowerMizzou.com. Brought to you by James Carlton of State Farm. Mention Mizzou to James when you request a quote and he'll donate $20 to Mizzou's preferred NIL on your behalf. CarltonInsurance.net. Welcome back to Live Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan in action. Jackson with you on the program. Watch on YouTube. We look like we're cute. As a matter of fact, so much so uh, via these uh, Air Alliance team cameras, and I'm shot through a filter like Sybil Shepard on Moonlighting, but somebody took the time to send me an email. Sent me an email because we have the text line, Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646, the YouTube chat, and then you can leave a mic drop. But this gentleman, Tim... It looks like Jackson lost weight. He's looking sleek. That comes from Bill. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. And thank that. you for sending the email to me. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, my email just sent to me, but either way, I appreciate it. Well, maybe I'll forward it to you so you that. and Bill can get to know each other. Just like me and the Colonel have known each other for 25 years. Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome to the program brought to you by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency online at carltoninsurance.net. He's my insurance agent, Gabe DeArmond. Morning, Colonel. What's up, guys? How are you? We're we're in a really good place, and I think you're in a really good place good. because my guess is you're not going to Lexington. I am not. Yes. No, it is uh, beyond the two mile radius from which <laughs> I generally attempt to venture from my house. God, we're on the same page. I do that. That's my same plan at this point too. The hell are we doing? I like it that way, though. Uh, Colonel, I want. I, I got. I got three parts to this interview, and I might throw a fourth in there because I want to go Ryder Cupping with you since you're back from Italy in the Ryder Cup. But I've got recruiting. I've got injuries for the Missouri-Kentucky game, and then I've got the Missouri-Kentucky game itself. So, um, Jackson, it's Sadie Hawkins, and, and since you're looking sleek and Bill is sending me emails about your body, which is so great to get, it is. you get to pick what topic we start with. I am most interested in uh, the injury report and how that will affect the game against Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, Jackson was telling me, Gabe, that he heard that Cody Trader wasn't going to play, and that, that and I'm going, oh, is that, where's that coming from? But now you're not, I mean, that's not necessarily what's going on. We know he's got a little beat-up situation. Yeah, Drinkwood said on Tuesday he was questionable at best. Um, Cody pulled his quad the week before the LSU game and then went out and ran for 115 yards and three touchdowns. Um, I I think that is gamesmanship, like, hey, he might not play. I think he'll play. He was at practice on Tuesday. I I would be surprised if he's not out there. There you go. You feel better, Jackson? A lot better. We didn't. We didn't, I think, get an injury report this week, though. We usually do, and I don't think we received one unless I just missed it, which is interesting. Yeah, there you go. Uh, any other injuries of note? Rakestraw's not playing, right? He's out. Uh, Rakestraw's not playing. He's got a groin injury he's been dealing with. Uh, Darius Robinson's been dealing with a calf, but he played and played well last week. Uh, Makai Miller has been out. 
would expect him back. Uh, Peanut Houston, who's a backup receiver, hasn't played all year. We don't really know what's going on, but I, I don't think he'll play. But other than Ennis Rakestraw, I expect Missouri to have everybody out there. All right, very good. So then that sets the stage for uh, part two of the conversation, which is the actual matchup itself. Uh, this, I would gather, Gabe, falls into your category preseason of one of the coin flip games. I would put it up there as far as importance in the SEC schedule near the top, if not the top, in the K-State non-conference game being at the top of the non-conference schedule, uh, because this really sets the tone for the SEC East if you can get this one, and then opens up uh, what you can do with the remaining five games. So, your perspective on the importance of this game. Whereas I think we talked about LSU kind of being free free roll. If you want it, great, but it doesn't knock you off from your goals if you don't. This one, how do you how do you portray this one? Yeah, I mean these teams have played eleven times since Missouri joined the SEC. The winner of this game has finished ahead of the loser in the standings eleven times. Wow. Uh, it is a separation game. You now sometimes they've been tied and it's just a tiebreaker, but it's a separation game without question. I think the winner of this game, especially if it's Missouri, because Missouri hasn't played Georgia yet, can still talk about winning the SEC East. You know, uh, the and and I think at worst probably then is in position to be a top three team in the division. If you lose this game. You're looking at really probably fighting for, you know, fourth with Florida and South Carolina in the division. Um, I mean, things can change. There's five, six games to go, but I, I think that's a realistic out, outlook on this weekend. How does this Kentucky team match up with this Missouri team? On the surface, it strikes me as two contrasting styles. What does your analysis tell you? Yeah, it's strength versus weakness, I, I think, in in different situations. Missouri's got a better offense. Kentucky so far has had a better defense. Um, Kentucky wants to run the ball offensively. They, I looked at the numbers for Devin Leary this year, who ironically was a kid that Missouri fans really wanted to drink with to chase in the portal. He signed Leary at North Carolina State and coached him for a year. Uh, and Missouri fans really wanted him to go after. Leary was considered one of the top two or three quarterbacks in the portal. His numbers this year are virtually identical and actually a little bit worse than Brady Cook's were last year. Um, you know, and that was obviously a quarterback performance that had Missouri fans begging for someone else to play quarterback. So it hasn't worked in the Kentucky passing game. They've got two sophomore receivers who last year as freshmen were actually both better than Luther Burden was as a freshman, but that hasn't translated. Their entire offense has basically been Vandy transfer running back Ray Davis, who leads the SEC in rushing, thanks in large part to 250 yards against Florida. Um, So if you can stop or slow down the Kentucky run game, I don't see how they score enough points to keep up with Missouri if Missouri can do what it's been doing offensively. Right, and that is, of course, the key in how they will respond to last week. Of course, Kentucky has to respond to what took place in Athens last week. Uh, what, what have you noticed uh, with regards to both uh, the players and the coaches' comments following the LSU game and then throughout this week with, uh, with mindset? Uh, I'm reading some of the uh, columns on Power Mizzou. Uh, it strikes me as noticeable that, uh, that Eli Drinkwitz has been, in, in relatively speaking, good spirits uh, because uh, sometimes after wins he might not necessarily be in good spirits, yeah. but but maybe shows a sense of confidence. I, I don't know. Uh, what does is, what is your uh, reporting tell you on that? 
Well, it's really interesting covering him over the last four years. Like when you think, oh, we might get cranky Eli today. This might not be very good. He's usually really good and generally pretty upbeat. And when you think, hey, he's probably pretty happy and things are going well, it's generally the opposite. He doesn't say much and and seems to be put off with having to do the whole thing. So I think that probably has to do with kind of keeping his team grounded and in the middle. He said after the game, you know, hey, we've been living on the edge with some things and they caught up with us today. So I, I thought that was, when you look back at it, we probably ignored some things that Missouri was doing because they were 5-0 and and those things didn't hurt them. Uh, but in hindsight, maybe we should have paid a little more attention to a few of those things, especially the penalties and you know some of the defensive issues. Uh, so I, I think they're in a good spot. I mean, you never know how a team's going to react. These are 21-year-old kids, right? I mean, Missouri could look at last week. I think Drink said they're disappointed but not devastated. So they could look at last week the way I look at it, which is, hey, you took a top 10, 15 team down to the last two minutes, and you just didn't make quite enough plays. In the end. They, they made more than you did, and you didn't lose a lot. Now, it's also possible that there's a little hangover effect from that game, right? And then you look at the Kentucky side. Does Kentucky go – Oh, we thought we were like, there were a lot of Kentucky people that thought this was their year to catch Georgia and Georgia clearly came out with a point to prove and wasn't going to let that happen. That game was over mid second quarter. So does that knock Kentucky back and say, well, same old, same old, you know, upside eight and four, nine and three. And what are we, we're just kind of treading water. Or is that almost one of those losses where it was so bad and it was over so early then Mark Stoops just kind of flipped the page at halftime. And they're like, all right, this one's over. Forget it. Throw the tape away. Bury it. Let's go on. We've now got the action. Because so often those teams that are like Kentucky and Missouri, which, you know, good teams hoping to be have good seasons, but maybe not in the conversation with the Georgias and the Ohio States and teams like that, you set your sights on we want to catch number one when realistically the games that are always going to determine seasons – for teams like Missouri and Kentucky or the other one, South Carolina, Florida, you know, those are the games that determine how good your season is. The Georgia game is almost one that you go in going, eh, I mean, that's probably a loss, but maybe things all line up and, and we get it, but that's not one we're counting on. Uh, I, I am, I'm curious with you having covered the team for as long as you have, if you got a sense in 2007 when you knew that that was something special, uh, 2013, the same way. Because um, because oddly enough for me, it was after they lost to Oklahoma in Norman in 2007 that I'm like, holy crap, I think this team's really good, even though it was odd because they were coming off a loss, but they didn't really get blown off the field. And then I saw a pathway for them to have a good season because of the way the schedule shook out, and I saw there was a good chance Kansas would be undefeated when they played at Arrowhead Stadium, which would actually benefit Missouri in a weird way because then they could beat a team that was perceived to be a really, really good team. This year, I still feel like I'm not sure. I think K-State getting beat up by Oklahoma State stands out as going, okay, well, maybe that wasn't as good. I do feel like they beat LSU about 50% of the time if they replay them. And at the same time, if they lost by a few touchdowns tomorrow, it wouldn't necessarily shock me. And if they won by a few touchdowns tomorrow, it wouldn't shock me. I still am not sure where they are. Do you have an idea of where you think this team is? Not quite yet. And I think, I, I mean, I think if Kansas State doesn't lose to Oklahoma State, Missouri still would have been ranked this week. 
Like, I think that oh, okay. damaged the perception of Missouri. And, and I think it's also hurt that LSU does have two losses and that even though they are a really good team, they're not the, the national title contender that, that some people thought. Um, 2007, I've, I've told this story quite a bit, and I, it, it almost I wish I never would have said it publicly because now every year in fall camp people ask me this. But in 2007, like – I had picked that team nine and three. And I remember I was at a practice or a recruiting camp or something. And after practice, uh, Martin Rucker and Lorenzo Williams walked up to me and Lorenzo goes, Gabe, we ain't losing three games. (laughs) We're not losing three times this year. They knew, like they knew they were good Mm. and they knew what they had. And 11 and one, 12 and one surprised a lot of us. It didn't surprise them. 2013 was a little bit different. I think Missouri thought they were good, and they thought 2012 was all due to injuries and all that, but there was a lot of negativity around that team. I mean, there were a lot of people that thought Gary was coaching for his job in yeah, 2013. Yeah. And, you know, both both seasons were really interesting in that they lost that one game. It was Oklahoma in 07 and, and South Carolina on the heartbreaker in, in 13. And then they were in a position where every single week they knew, like there was another team out there. It was Kansas in 07 and, and South Carolina in 13. They knew if they lost another game, they were done as far as the division went. And so that team was on every game was the biggest game of the season. You know, because they knew if they lost that that what they wanted was probably off the table. This one, I mean, I guess it you could view it that way and the fact that Georgia's out there. But again, does anybody is anybody really talking at this point about Missouri as a team that's going to push Georgia and be in that? Uh, be in that East title race. I don't think so. I mean, they might, if they're seven and one going to Athens, then we have that discussion, but Missouri's got a couple weeks where they've got to prove some things before we really can have that conversation. Me, me and Jackson are talking about it. Yeah. Well, good for you guys. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> um, I don't think in general, we're having that conversation. You're talking yet. about serious, respected people. That's what you're trying to say. Yeah. We're dreamers. Right. Yeah, pretty much. That's my point. <laughs> <laughs> Colonel, before we let you go, big news in the world of recruiting uh, for Missouri fans with uh, Ryan Wingo. And uh, it was a huge weekend this past Saturday, even though it was a loss on the field recruiting-wise, it may have been a win. What can you share with the audience regarding the latest on Wingo and CBC's McClellan? Well, the tide has really turned on Ryan Wingo in the last 48 hours. There's, I mean, everybody who covers this is now saying, hey, this this looks good for Missouri. Uh, the wide receivers coach sent out a pretty cryptic tweet last night with like some locker room celebration that uh, made it, you know, made a lot of people think this is related to Ryan Wingo. Uh, right now, he's still saying he's going to decide on December 20th. Uh, we'll see if that moves up. I think it's it's definitely good news for Missouri. Right now, I'm I'm expecting Missouri to be the choice for Wingo at some point in the next you know month or so. Uh, but we'll we'll see how it goes. McClellan, uh, most people think getting Wingo uh, with Williams Winery already on board would would be a big help. He was in town last weekend and didn't try to hide it from anybody, anything like that. So that was interesting. He goes to Columbus next week for a visit to Ohio State. We know how these things go, right? This happened, I think, with Jeremy Macklin at Oklahoma. And when you're committed to a school of that level, sometimes when you go on a visit there, it's pretty easy for the coaches to say, all right, man, we got to know, like no more visits, no more talking to other people. 
um, what's the situation? And that can go one of two ways. Either it can be, okay, no, I'm good. I'm locked in. I'm going to shut it down. Or they can say, well, I'm just not sure. And I want to keep looking. And then a lot of times if they keep looking, those schools say, okay, well, cool, but like, you're not, we're not considering you committed. We're trying to find somebody else for your spot. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think getting Wingo would, would help Missouri with McClellan. If they do that, they've got three of the top four kids in the state. That hasn't happened since 2010. Um, I, I maintain if they get those three kids, regardless of what the rest of the class is, it's the best class in school history because just three top 100 guys would would be a heck of a statement for Eli Drinkwitz, especially you know considering the conversations we were having two months ago. Yeah, and and then on the other side of things, and this is going to activate Jackson, uh, the work Dennis Gates is doing. Uh, as well with regards to recruiting and the momentum of that program. Anything new on the uh, five-star Jackson? His name is Quaintance. Quaintance. Thank you. Um, He is at Florida this weekend. He will be at Kentucky next weekend. It's those two Missouri, Ohio state and the G night program, which I actually consider maybe Missouri's biggest competition there, but you can't write off Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky is, is definitely competition. So, I, and, and nobody really knows when to expect that he's going to do something. Um, could be, you know, shortly after that Kentucky visit. Uh, and he also is a good enough player that he could wait till spring if he wants to. There it is. Gabe DeArmond, you can read more every day throughout the day with the Colonel. He interacts with his people. He's a man of the people. He is. He's, he's not engaging. A, he is. Well, he's a proletariat. He's not like a noble. Right, like me. Right. Thank uh, you for coastal saying Coastal elite. Coastal elite. Jackson. Gabe, you're a man of the people. I'm proud of you. You haven't let superstardom go to your head, even though you spent time in Italy with all of the other nobles at the Ryder Cup. Yeah, yeah, I try to uh, remain, uh, you know, connected to, to my roots here <laughs> in the Show Me State. Thank you. Wow. So endearing. You should run for office. Colonel, thank you so much uh, and enjoy the festivities uh, tomorrow night, Missouri and Kentucky. Thanks, Gabe. Sounds good, guys. Have a good one. There Thanks, is. That's the great Gabriel P. DeArmond of PowerMizzou.com, brought to you by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. Love the Colonel. Everybody. Can't get it off the Colonel. That's great. It gets, it's like my fix. You're bleeding black and gold over there. Big time. Do you have a Dennis Gates altar built in your chateau? Not yet. One more year. One more year. One more year built. before that. Yeah, the five-star reason I wasn't so quick with his names, I do not, I, I don't think that's in the cards. Oh, wow. Look at Debbie Downer over there. What's up, Rachel Dratch? Uh, with, <laughs> with, with the G League Ignite, that's a... That's a tough competition. They pay good money, and Scoot Henderson just went number two overall. If you're a kid, I don't blame you for looking towards that. And I think that's the new model. All right, fair enough. Jackson raining on our parade here. That's what he does, though. No, that's Gates has gotten a great stable of players. You know, right now, they're number one class in the nation for 2024, so nothing but great things to say. If he can get them, I mean, I'll be maybe the altar we build early. You will build the altar. All right, I'll build the altar to you if we have a good Little Piddles Friday sit shooter brought to you by Angry Beaver. It's next on Balloon Party on 101 ESPN and on YouTube.